I want to welcome you to week three, day five of our look through the book of Acts. That means we're in Acts chapter 13 today. And in Acts chapter 13, the missionary journeys begin. First missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. Listen to what happens. Verses one to three, chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. God said, Go, and they went. Now, notice here it says, The Holy Spirit said for them to do this. Remember, when God prompts you, when He prompts your heart, it is the whole of the Spirit of God that prompts you. So you could say, Jesus prompted me. You could say, The Holy Spirit prompted me. You could say, The Father prompted me. It's all God. Some people get all caught up with which part of the Trinity has to do this or that. God doesn't get so caught up in that as we do. So they said the Holy Spirit did this. And they were sent out. They were sent out to make a difference. And they go out into the world. They go from, they start at, at Seleucia, and then they go to the island of Cyprus, and where they preached at Salamis, and they went on to Paphos, where the proconsul, the leader of the island, comes to know Jesus. And then in verse 13, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them, John Mark, to return to Jerusalem. Remember that. Verse 14, from Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and they sat down. Verse 15, after reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. And Paul does. We get to hear Paul's first sermon here at least the first sermon that we hear, we get to hear him preaching to these people in this missionary journey. And what do we learn from this sermon? It's amazing what you can learn from this sermon about how you and I need to communicate the good news of who Jesus is. Let's just walk through this sermon together and let me show you as we walk through this sermon five specific things that we can learn from Paul about communicating the good news. Number one, what do you learn? Number one, you start with people's spiritual background. You start where people are, not where you want them to be. Verses 16 to 19, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and he said, men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. He began by talking to them about their spiritual legacy, their time held captive in Egypt, and how God had prospered the nation of Israel even there, how God had led them out of Egypt through a time of wandering in the desert. He started with their spiritual background. If you want to communicate the message of Jesus Christ to somebody in your family, to a friend, you begin with where they are. What's their spiritual background? Well, they may have a Muslim background or a Jewish background. A lot of people you meet, they have no quote-unquote, official background. Maybe their spiritual background is more just, uh, oh, we need to worship nature and all the good things that are happening there. Well, begin there because God made nature. God made it all. You can talk about God from that. Maybe their spiritual background is we just need to do the best we can in this world. Well, begin there because God has so much more than just the best that you can. It's such a frustrating way to live. But you start with where people are. Paul did that. And Number two, he did a second thing. 
you get to the facts about Jesus. People have to know who Jesus is in order for Jesus to change their lives. So in verse 24, before Paul preaches, before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, but he is coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. You get to the facts about Jesus. Just relating to somebody's spiritual background is not enough. You might develop a friendship out of that, and that's a good thing to have a friendship with someone, but unless you talk about the facts of Jesus Christ, there's no opportunity for change. There's no opportunity to give that person the same gift that God has given to you. So you get to the facts about the resurrection of Christ. You get to the facts about the joy of Jesus Christ. Now, for them, they knew nothing. So Paul said, here are the facts. Here's what happened. You get to the facts about Jesus in your life, what he's done in your life. Talk about what your life was like before you came to know Christ, how you came to know Christ, and what your life was like after you came to know Christ. Those are the facts about Jesus in your life. You get to those facts. In fact, it's often good to begin with a testimony. My life before I knew Christ, how I came to know Christ, what my life is like now that I know Jesus Christ. Those are the facts. And Paul does a third thing. Number three, you show how Jesus brings good news. Verses 32 to 33, and then down in verses 38 and 39. Paul preached, we tell you good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. I love what Paul says in verse 32. We tell you the good news. People are begging to hear good news today. Somehow, some way, there is some preaching, there's some telling of the good news. By the way, we're talking about Paul's sermon here, his preaching. All preaching is not done in a sermon. I know preaching's gotten a bad name. The idea of preaching is somebody telling me what to do from their experience. But biblically, that's not what preaching is. It just means telling. It just means proclaiming. It means opening the door in somebody's life to the truth of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be in front of an audience to do that. You can be sitting in front of a cup of coffee with somebody else doing that. But you've got to tell them it's good news. There's somehow, some way, we're telling about Jesus, and it seems like bad news. Oh, you've got to change this, and this is terrible, and this is awful, and it can't work this way, and no to this, and no to that, and no to this. Well, obviously, Jesus is going to cause you to say no to things, because those are the things that are killing you. Those are the things that are killing your family and tearing you apart inside. But the good news is he's got something to give in his place. The good news is he cares enough about you to take away those things that are hurting you and to give you something new. You have to show how Jesus brings good news. That's part of proclaiming. That's what we learned from Paul here. 
So you start with where people are, with their spiritual background. And then you go on to tell the facts about Jesus. And then number three, you show how Jesus brings good news. And then number four, you warn people of the danger of inaction. This is something that's hard to do. Paul did it. Verses 40 and 41. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. The prophets talked about people who rejected the news even though they heard it. Something new is happening and you are missing it. When you tell the good news, you don't tell it as if, well, you take it or leave it. You don't tell it as if someday, if, if you want. You don't pressure somebody to the point where you say, you have to decide in this moment to satisfy my need. But you let someone know, this is important business. You, you let a friend know, this means everything. And I'm concerned enough for you to encourage you to not wait on this decision. If you know that God's doing something in your life, why waste one moment of the life that he wants to give you? You warn people of the danger of inaction. And then there's a fifth thing that you do. As you're sharing the good news of what God's done in your life with other people, number five, Paul teaches us you don't get stuck on those who will not listen. You don't keep going back to the same person who will not listen. You just let it keep, the seed keep germinating in their life. No, you go and tell the news to other people. And that doesn't mean you have to reject that person who won't listen. You won't ever go out to a cup of coffee with them again. But you don't get stuck on them as if they're the only one you can tell the good news to. Until I can get them saved, I'm not going to anybody else. It's just going to be one at a time. That's not the way to do it. Here's what Paul did in verse 45. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was doing. And then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. You go to those who will listen. I just say from personal experience, I have I've wasted far too much time in my life trying to get someone who did not want to listen to listen. It didn't help me, and it didn't help them. They didn't need the pressure. They needed somebody to back off. In fact, sometimes it's you backing off and going to somebody else that causes them to really listen. Sometimes when I'm pressuring somebody too much, it's as if I feel I'm the only answer for their life. I am not. I'm just one of the messengers. And if you have somebody who won't listen, you've told them the truth, the facts about Jesus, you've told them now's the time, there's a point at which you back off and you go to somebody else. You don't get stuck on that person. You keep telling the good news to those who need to hear. Keep loving that person. Keep praying for them. Keep looking for the opportunity, but don't get stuck on them. If I want to follow the example of Paul, it really means I got to pray, Lord, who today, even today, could I pray for? Who today, even today, could I share with? Let's pray that right now. Jesus, who is there that today you could use me to let them know the good news of what you've done in my life? Help me to start where they are, not where I want them to be. Help me to let them know the good news of what Jesus has done in my life, the facts of what he's done. Lord, give me the courage and also the right words to let them know how important this is and, and the danger of not accepting what you've done. And Lord, help me not to get stuck on one person. Show me the next person and then the next and the next. Jesus, who can I be praying for today? Jesus, who could I share with today? 
help me to see the open doors because you've loved me so much. I want to share that with somebody else. In your name, I ask this. Amen. Well, join us next week. We're going to continue our study in the book of Acts. Chapters 14 to 18, we're going to see that God is great, the growth is great, and the problems are great. We'll see you next week. 